Welcome to the Mommy Stay Fit Podcast. Today is the Birth Story Friday episode where we have Audrey who's going to be sharing her two scheduled cesarean births. Towards the end of her pregnancy, Audrey found out that her baby was breached and so she opted to try for an ECV, but it was unfortunately not successful, so she moved on to have a scheduled cesarean birth. She then had a short pregnancy interval where she was only four months postpartum when she found out that she was pregnant with her second, so she opted for another scheduled cesarean birth for her second baby, which was a very different experience from her first. After Audrey's birth story, Roxanne and I are going to discuss the risks of having a short interval pregnancy or where your pregnancies are really close together and why Audrey may have opted to have that scheduled cesarean birth. And then we're also going to talk about how our prenatal fitness can not only support our birth, but also our recovery. And so doing prenatal fitness can still benefit you even if you're having a scheduled cesarean birth. Welcome to the Mama Stay Fit Podcast. This is Gina, perinatal fitness trainer and birth doula. And this is Roxanne, labor and delivery nurse and student midwife. And this is the Mama Stay Fit Podcast, where we empower you on your prenatal fitness, birth, and postpartum return to fitness journey. Our podcast shares how to move throughout your pregnancy to stay strong and comfortable. Pain is not a requirement of pregnancy. Understand the science of birth and how to approach recovery after birth. We share our personal experiences as mothers navigating the stage of lives, plus our professional expertise as birth workers and fitness professionals. Our goal is to help you feel confident as you navigate the perinatal timeframe for an empowering pregnancy, positive birth, and postpartum journey. We are glad to have you with us on this journey and that you've chosen us to support you. Welcome to the Mama Stay Fit Podcast. Today we have Audrey here who's going to be sharing her cesarean birth story. So Audrey's baby was breached. She attempted an ECV that was unfortunately not successful. And then she had a scheduled cesarean. So thank you so much for being here, Audrey. Thank you for having me. This is cool. So tell us your story. How was your pregnancy and how were you preparing for birth? Yeah, so my pregnancy was pretty straightforward. We conceived EJ through IVF. So finding out that I was pregnant was a disbelief in itself. So just like coming to terms with the pregnancy and like realizing that this was actually going to happen was definitely part of a long process in my pregnancy. I prepped through the pregnancy with Mama Stay Fit prenatal program. I found you guys in my second trimester, which I wouldn't have done in the first trimester anyways. Like that thing hit me like a freight train. I had nosebleeds, which I didn't know was a thing. That was like the one thing that I was like, what is going on? And then towards the end of my second trimester into my third, I started getting really bad back pain, like in the right side of my back. And I kept bringing up to my doctor and uh, I was going to acupuncture and my acupuncturist used to be a doula. And so I kept mentioning it to her and she was like, I think it's okay. And, and she was like, well, let me, let me feel where the baby is. And so she like was feeling my belly and she's like, well, that's his butt up there and his head is definitely down here and I was like oh, okay okay and then my doctor kept saying well you know his heartbeat's really low so you know he's in the right position I was like okay okay and I was like but this back pain is just crazy like I just didn't understand I do yoga and so I was doing inversions all the time because something just felt in my body like things weren't where they were supposed to be so that kind of leads into the 36-week ultrasound that unfortunately got moved to 37 weeks. And when I had that, the first place they looked was that right side. The tech said, that's his head. And she goes, and I said, so he's breached? And she's like, he's breached. And I was like, oh my God. 
much. So I had been planning the whole time for, like, I really wanted to go for an unmedicated vaginal birth. Like, that was, like, my gung-ho plan. That's what I was working for, like, with the prenatal workout program. Like, I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I I really want to, like, get my body ready, like, feel like I'm prepared for this. And in that moment, it was just like, but, like, I knew, I knew that I was still prepared. It just kind of flipped the script of, like, what all needed to happen and, and what was going to happen for me. So when you found out that your baby was breached, what kind of advice did your provider give you and kind of what options did you have at that point? So she did tell me hospital policy is breach babies are delivered via C-section. That was laid out, like, just right there directly. She did still offer the ECV, even though at that point the ECV would be done at 38 weeks. So I wanted to try everything because I still had this idea of like, maybe we can get this done and get this ECV done and it'll still happen. So we scheduled the ECV for 38 weeks. And then she also offered acupuncture as like, she's like, you know, maybe it'll work. And I was like, I was doing acupuncture my entire pregnancy. And I was like, okay, we'll we'll give it a go. So my acupuncturist actually recommended another provider in her clinic. So I went to him for that. And I love acupuncture. And it was, they do a little incense on your toes. And they light that incense. And then that is supposed to draw the baby's chi downward and make the baby flip and bring their head towards where it's meant to go. So he did that once. Obviously, because we were on a very short crunch time, and then he gave me a sheet of the little incense burning things. I can't remember the herb, the chi- the herb that... I think they're called moxibustion. Yes, that might be what it was. And he gave me a sheet of those, and they, they were like little stickers. And so my husband, every day until the day of the ECV, put them on my toes, lit them, and I sat there and just kind of went into a little space and breathing. It was just like, come on, dude. Just work with me here. Like, go down, find your chi, like, find your way there. It did not work. <laughs> he was still breached when I went in for the ECV. <laughs> so we went in for the ECV. They did the ultrasound to make sure he was still breached before we actually went through with it. And then I had the ECV, which that was kind of a whole thing in itself. My doctor had told me that it was required I would have a spinal to complete the ECV, which I was kind of hesitant about just because I'm someone who likes to really feel what's going on in my body and feel aware of what's happening. We talked through that. I asked a couple questions and she said that the reason was because if something were to happen negatively where the baby was in stress or something, that we would have to immediately go into a surgery. And so I said, okay, fine, I understand. Like, we can do that. So we get to the ECV and the anesthesiologist comes in and I start asking him a couple of questions and he says, I'm not here to give you a spinal. I'm just here if something goes wrong and you need a spinal. And I was like, hold on, because my doctor is telling me that it was required and now you're saying it's not. So my doctor went and got an anesthesiologist who would give this spinal. So that anesthesiologist somehow disappeared and then a new anesthesiologist came in and was like, all right, let's do the spinal. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. There was someone in here who said, I don't need it, so I'm not getting it. 
and you guys are going to do this ECV and I'm going to breathe through this and we're going to do it together and we're going to figure it out. So I did the ECV without the spinal, without anything. It was definitely intense. My husband was in there watching and he was like, I can't believe how hard those women were pushing on your belly. And they did move him. I felt his head kind of pop out from where it was. And when my doctor went to move her hand to keep pushing him, it just like, I felt it just go right back in. And we both looked at each other and I was like, and she said, I'll see you in a week. I said, okay. <laughs> so that we waited the next week and then we had the C-section scheduled already for 39 weeks. So how was your cesarean birth? What kind of shift did you make in birth planning? Did you discuss with your provider like different things that you wanted? Were you had you already researched like how you envisioned a cesarean birth going for you? Yeah, so I read the mama natural birth and the concept of like a gentle C-section and I had brought that up to my provider and she was like, "Yeah, we don't really do that." <laughs> I was like, "Well, do you guys have a mirror? Like can I at least see what's going on?" They said, "Yes." I said, "Okay." That's nice. I can at least do that. I was doing the gentle birth app. And as soon as I found out it was going to be a C-section, it's nice. You could just like switch it. And all of a sudden, all the programming was directed to C-sections, which was super helpful. And that that was really nice to go through those repeatedly. So tell us your C-section birth story. How was your birth? It was definitely an experience. I've had surgeries before, so I was kind of familiar with the no eating beforehand. It was nice for me and my husband. You know, I got to take a shower. We knew we were going in. It was comfortable. It was very calm. I think he was worried about the freak out moment of like, oh my gosh, we have to go. Because when I was planning for my concept of what I wanted for a birth, I was like, I want to wait till the very last minute. And he's like, I don't want you to have this baby in the car. And we listened to your guys' birth stories. And he's like, I don't want you to have this baby in the car. <laughs> I was like, it won't, I promise it won't happen. I promise it won't happen. So that was really, I think, like the little cherry on top of like having a scheduled C-section is just like that calm moment of going in. So we, they whisked us back and I got everything done, got all hooked up to the IV and everything. And the same lovely anesthesiologist who was ready to do the spinal on me walked in, looked at my chart. I'm allergic to morphine. He looked at my chart. He said, I don't know what drugs I'm going to give you. And I said, nothing. And my husband and I just kind of looked at each other and we were like, glanced at each other of concern. And we didn't say anything to each other. We didn't say anything to the anesthesiologist. We just kind of like let it go. My assumption was this is a standard spinal. It's That's what it is. It's just a standard spinal. So we get into the operating room. I'm casually talking with my doctor. I talk with my hands. And so I'm talking left and right. And all of a sudden my doctor says, don't move. And I'm like, what? And she says, don't move. And they put the spinal in my back. And I was like, and like, I felt the first needle, which I knew, I know is just the, the numbing pain because but it, it was just very off-putting that it caught off guardness. You know, if someone had asked me, how would you like that? I would say, please let me know. Like, I'm not afraid of needles. This is something that I'm very comfortable with doing. Don't catch me off guard when I'm talking in a mid-conversation. Uh, and so we, we got the spinal in. Everything was fine, laid back. My husband came in. They started doing the cutting through all the layers. Everything is fine. And they start pulling my son out. 
And the anesthesiologist is the one that does the mirror. So he holds up the mirror. So I start seeing him come out. And then all of a sudden, you can see that they're kind of having trouble getting him out fully. And the anesthesiologist goes, oh, my arms are tired. And so he takes the mirror away. And I was like, what? No, like, this isn't right. And then my doctor has to, like, fully get her arms inside of me while another gentleman pushed on the side of my ribs to fully get his head out of my uterus because of how stuck he was and so he came out and he was great and the mirror came back and so I got to see him and it was really exciting and then was taken over and my husband made sure I was okay and I was like no you're you're fine I'm fine like go to him like go see him they wrapped him up my husband brought him over I saw him I wasn't given any skin-to-skin time with him in the OR. I watched my husband walk into the recovery room with him. And then the next thing I remember is my doctor saying, okay, see you in six weeks. And he was like, wait, what? And then I was rolled into recovery. So that was kind of where it was for me in that moment was just not really putting that all together, but realizing that there was a chunk of time that was missing for me. So it was probably like a couple weeks later when once the newborn, oh my gosh, we have a baby kind of had lifted and I started really processing what I had been going through. And I was starting to realize that that time was missing, that I had been told that the C-section, that the suturing would take 30 minutes or so. And I was like, I don't have those 30 minutes. And kind of recognizing like things were really foggy in the OR and I wasn't really getting understanding like what happened. I actually messaged my doctor and I was like, was everything okay? Did did something happen? And she said, no, everything went fine. And so I, I said, okay. And, and I just kind of like let it go as like they had to have given me something and I basically drifted off and woke up when they gave me something else. Because when I got into the recovery, my face was super itchy. And they were like, oh, we can give you something for that. And I was like, stop giving me drugs. I need to just be with my son and get whatever whatever is in me needs to come out so I can understand what's going on with my body right now. So we did that it was two days in the hospital. And then we got home and, and life was good. Let's take a quick break to share about our birth story sponsor, Balbay. Balbay is a perinatal company that intentionally designs support wear for your pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Balbay was founded by a physical therapist and creates support bands, support leggings, bralettes, and other clothing items to support your entire perinatal journey. I loved using Balbay to support my postpartum healing with their bloomers. They are designed by a physiotherapist to offer unique core support that resists stress and strain over the abdomen. A pro fabric hammock also provides a bottoms up approach to pelvic floor support. The bloomers offer gentle core and pelvic floor support for optimal postpartum recovery. Plus, you can grab the bloomers in their Soothe and Support postpartum kit that includes a peri bottle, postpartum underwear, a postpartum perineal ice pack that fits into the bloomers. The ice pack can also double for soothing engorgement in your breasts, and I personally use this kit my postpartum. Balbay is one of our favorite maternity and postpartum support wear brands. We are so grateful that they have graciously sponsored our birth story podcast episode so you can hear real birth stories to learn from as you prepare for your own birth. 
Head to BalBayBody.com and use code MAMASAYFIT for 15% off your order. Thank you, Balbay, for supporting us throughout our motherhood journey. So how did you feel about like your interactions with your provider towards the end of your pregnancy with kind of the options that you were presented for mm-hmm. both managing a breech uh, baby, your options for your cesarean birth, and then also dealing with the anesthesiologist? Like, how, how do you reflect on how you were treated by them? So the whole ECV thing with the spinal, that was very strange. And I just kind of like let that go. I don't, I didn't really even take a pause to process that. I was just like, it's done with. The The real thing that I had to work through was dealing with the anesthesiologist and and having like a super foggy recollection of my son's birth. Really, the only thing that I could do was consistently tell myself, when I do this again, that's not how it's going down. And I am going to be over-communicating to every single person what I want and when they say yes, okay, I'm still going to say it again and just over talk and over ask questions to everyone and anyone who I can open my mouth to. That's what I did with my second. <laughs> I think that really was what helped me fully process my first C-section was going through the second one and being able to use everything that I learned from the first in the second. Did you have a second cesarean birth? I did, yeah. Was it uh, planned or a labored C-section? It was a scheduled C-section. So I got pregnant with my second four months postpartum. And so when I went into my doctor, she was like, you don't have a choice. You're having another C-section. You are, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I I figured. So it, it was something, obviously, like we, it took us five years in IVF to get pregnant with my son. And so when... We went in for uh, this my six-week checkup. She was like, it can happen. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Like, I'm a pro at getting pregnant. Like, you don't need to talk to me about that. And yeah, three months later, here I am. So, uh, here go. Yeah. Can you share about your second pregnancy preparation for birth and how your second C-section was different for our listeners that may be listening to your first story and have a similar experience? Yeah, sure. So I also did the C-section recovery program through you guys and literally finished that when I, like the last couple of weeks, I was like, why is this so hard? And then I took a pregnancy test a couple weeks later and I was like, oh, I'm not out of shape. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yes. Like, like I should be in the best shape I've been in in a really long time. So we actually have a lot of clients like that that'll do our postpartum program. And then like, as soon as they're finishing the program, find out that they're pregnant. Yeah. Uh, most folks take like eight months to make it through our four month program. So it's always really funny because they're like, oh, I'm ready for what's next. And then they're like, just kidding. I need to go back to the prenatal program. <laughs> Yeah. But I will tell you, honestly, there is no way I could have been pregnant and have my son without doing that recovery program. Like that was so important for that second pregnancy because he is such an active little bugger. And I always tell people like he literally didn't get to move in the third trimester. So he made up for it. As soon as he came out, he was just like, boom, 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 everywhere. I did recovery program, and then I flipped right back over and did the prenatal program. I was like, I have to do the prenatal program again. 
because there's no way I'm going to get through this. And I really do think that it is important to prep your body for a C-section as well. Like I've always tell people like I've never been in labor because I had two scheduled C-sections. But with a C-section, you could consider the recovery as your labor because it, it takes real focus, time and energy to give yourself that space to recover while also caring for this brand new life that you have. So that was super important to focus on for me. So how did you plan for your second cesarean birth? So you said that you pretty much told everyone these are the things that I wanted and advocated pretty hard and repeatedly for the things that you were wanting. Was there any specific things that you were wanting for your second birth that you did see come to fruition? Yeah. So we have a group of doctors that I go to. And so I, I would talk to like each different doctor about trying to understand what happened with anesthesiology without talking to the anesthesiologist, because that's the doctor you don't ever talk to until, until the day of. So, you know, the anesthesiologist part was a big factor. And then somehow getting skin to skin contact in the OR was just something that I really wanted. It's actually something that, and I had didn't mention this when I was talking about my first birth, but it was something that I had wanted when my husband brought my son over to me, but I was in just that such that foggy headspace that I thought it, but I didn't say it. And it was really confusing to me even in that moment of like, why am I not verbalizing, like, bring him to me? And I couldn't do that for some reason. And so I really wanted to make sure I had the skin-to-skin contact and talked through my questions, I guess you would say, with the anesthesiologist. And finger crossed that it wasn't the same guy that was going to show, because you have no idea. It's like you just roll in that day and someone comes and they say, hey, I'm your doctor. Here, sign a bunch of paperwork. Let's go do this. That day came and it wasn't him. So that was step number one. That was super exciting. So the day came, I got there with my first, we had the first surgery scheduled, which was great. So I just rolled in, got the surgery done, easy peasy. The second one, we were like mid morning. And so we got bumped by two emergency births and then another surgery. So what was really weird was the pre-op room that we were in was actually like right next to the surgery center. So we actually like heard the entire surgery going on, which was a little uncomfortable and part of the experience. But we did finally get to have our baby. The doctor kept popping her head in, was like, you're going to have this baby today, I promise. And like, I haven't eaten in 14 hours. What's going on? (laughs) Like, I don't care what you're saying. One of the doctors was like, they finally like got me over to a different OR because obviously the one that I was supposed to go into, someone had just used. So they got, they walked me into another one. And he's like, are you excited to have your baby today? And I was like, I will be excited when there is a needle in my back, sir. Because <laughs> that is when I will believe that we are actually having this baby. Before all this, obviously, the anesthesiologist came in. Wonderful man. There were probably two other nurses in the room who were having trouble getting my IV in at the current time when he walked in. So I had people doing IVs on me. And in that moment, I was like, I have to have this conversation with this man because it is the most important conversation to have the birth that I want. 
And I explained what had happened in my previous birth. And he said, well, that doesn't seem right. And I was like, well, that's what happened. And he's like, well, let me go check something. So he actually went and looked at the chart from my previous C-section, came back in and said, so he put two different narcotics into your spinal and then he pushed the remaining into your IV. And I was like, okay. I said, I am extremely sensitive to narcotics. And he's like, well, that's probably why what happened happened. I said, yeah. And he goes, well, the only reason he would do that is if you were panicking or in some sort of distress. And so was did anything happen that would have caused that? I said, I was as calm as you and I are talking right now. Like, I don't understand why that would have happened, but let's make sure it doesn't happen this time. And he was like, okay, done. So he let me know when he was doing the spinal. I sat there hunched over like like you normally would and then did the same process. Had a great conversation with the team as they were cutting through all the layers. We were laughing. My husband and I were laughing, everything. They brought, my daughter out was born. She came out, they took her over. They gave her the most ginormous bow you could ever believe in her hat. It was fantastic. Like I watched the nurse like doing all the scissors and and cutting and I was like, oh my gosh, she's doing it. She's gonna get the bow. I was so excited. (laughs) And my husband brought her over to me and I'm actually gonna get a little teared up because the... the (coughs) The anesthesiologist was actually one that took her from my husband and put her next to me and put her cheek on my cheek. And so it was like a complete 180 because the person who had made my first birth so foggy and confusing, the same position, you can say, was the one who like completely full circled it for me. And so it was super cool. My husband got to stay in the room with her and I while they sutured me up. And we all went into the recovery room together. And she was able to latch in the recovery room, which did not happen with my first. And it was just like the coolest thing ever. And then the thunderstorm happened and the power went out. And luckily the generators kicked on right away, but it was just like, you know, the world welcoming her with just this thunderous applause. And it was the coolest thing ever. That is an amazing second birth story. I wish you had that for your first as well, but it sounds like it was like exactly what you were needing for your second birth to potentially heal from your first. Not that we should put that pressure on our babies and births, but it does sound like it was probably a healing experience for you. Yeah, It definitely was. I think I don't like to look at either birth as like positive or negative, but I think if you had talked to me maybe two months after having my son, I was angry. And definitely going through the process a second time, I think helped lift some of that anger and and time itself too, with being with my son and, you know, their experiences. They're not positive or negative it's what was laid out for me and what happened happened so 
Absolutely. Like, I totally think that our birth stories are really impactful and very important to us, but they're only this small part of this much larger story of our relationship with our children. And so I think that's a really wonderful way to look at it is that this is just an experience that I had, and it's just a part of my much larger story. Absolutely. So what advice do you have for others that may find out that their baby is breech or if they're planning to have a scheduled cesarean birth regardless if baby was breech or head down? I think if you're planning for this gung-ho one, you know, you're going this left, 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 and then all of a sudden you pivot right, I think there is, you need to give yourself that space to process that change in, in your plan. We did do the Mama Stay Fit birth course as well and did the fear release in that. And I think any part of the pregnancy doing that fear release is super helpful. But when that plan shifts and you totally understand what is about to happen and so all these new fears get piled on because you're realizing that this is exactly what's going to be going on, even doing it again and processing that with your partner is super helpful. As far as C-section advice, ask for help. Get help lined up. It knocks you on your keister. (laughs) I think probably childbirth in general knocks you on your keister, but there's something about, I am not one to ask for help. And so I was like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. You need help. It, it's just part of the process is ask for help. And the number one thing I think that I want to tell everyone screaming from the mountaintop is just like, ask all your questions. If you have something go through your mind, like just say it out loud, say everything out loud to anyone who will listen to you and talk, 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 talk it out. Because one person could say one thing and you could talk to another nurse and they'd be like, oh, that's not what's going to happen. And you'd be like, okay, let's go talk back to this person. Make sure we have everything on the right plan so that everyone knows exactly what you want in your birth. Thank you so much for sharing your birth story with us and with our listeners. And it was really wonderful to hear both of your birth stories and to know that we were a part of your birth preparation with the fitness programming and childbirth education course, and then also part of your C-section recovery with our C-section recovery program. So thanks for trusting us as well as you were preparing for your own motherhood experience. So thanks for joining us, Audrey. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. One of the things that Audrey had was a short interval pregnancy, and this is a pregnancy that is less than six months from the previous birth. So for Audrey, it was four months after her previous birth, and there are some increased risks associated for both mom and baby with a short interval pregnancy. So three of the most common are preterm birth, low birth weight for baby, and then potentially preeclampsia which is elevated blood pressure that is affecting the bodily organs. With short interval pregnancies, they usually will just want to monitor you closer as you maybe potentially progress throughout your pregnancy to ensure that those risk factors are not becoming actual complications in your pregnancy. With VBAC, though, if you had a prior C-section, most providers like you to have 18 months in between either pregnancy or births. So around nine months is the earliest for some providers that they will want you to have waited before they will accept you as a VBAC client. 
There are some providers out there that will accept you with a shorter interval than 18 months, but it may be harder to find. Usually 18 months is the shortest that I've seen from birth to birth. This is due to that uterine incision that was done during the C-section, not fully healing until about six to nine months in most bodies that could increase that risk of uterine rupture. So that is why providers like to wait at least that nine months in between pregnancies and 18 months in between births. For me personally, I found an 18-month gap between my pregnancies felt best for me and my body. I don't personally feel like my body is like fully quote unquote healed from pregnancy until anywhere from like nine to 12 months. And then I also want to exclusively breastfeed for at least a year to 18 months. And so as soon as I get pregnant, breastfeeding is really uncomfortable. So for me, I like to wait around 18 months from birth to conception of my next pregnancy. What about you, Roxanne? So I waited 17 months with both, maybe not fully intentionally, but that's just where my body felt it was also ready. So my period returned when I was like 13 months with my first and then 14 months with my second. And then I kind of felt like myself again, probably around like that 17 month time frame, and then got pregnant again, which is happens. But I don't feel like I was fully healed like postpartum for a while. And I think like pregnancy is hard on our bodies and that having a short interval pregnancy can be really hard because you're still healing from that previous pregnancy and birth when you get pregnant again. And so that potentially can make your subsequent recovery from your next pregnancy a little bit harder. Audrey discusses in her birth stories how she used prenatal fitness to prepare to recover in the postpartum period. And so if you go back to episode three of our podcast, we discussed the benefits of prenatal fitness and how we can use prenatal fitness to prepare for our birth. But a huge aspect of prenatal fitness is also helping us to prepare to recover in the postpartum period. Birth is a planned injury, and so we can use our prenatal fitness to not only help us prepare for birth, but also recover in the postpartum period. If we're at a higher level of fitness, it's going to make it easier for us to recover because our muscles are denser, our bones and tissues are denser, they're going to be stronger, and then we also are going to be able to access different movement patterns that we're familiar with because of pregnancy. And so if you want to explore different ways to not only prepare for your birth, but also prepare for and consider that there is a period of time that you have to heal after birth, you can join our prenatal fitness programs. You can join our postpartum fitness programs. We offer our prenatal fitness programs in the Team Builder app. So we have our 40-week program that's going to sync to your week of pregnancy. That's both our full-length workouts and our mini workouts. We also have on-demand videos. So it's a video that you watch and then yoga. So there's lots of options for pregnancy depending on how you like your workouts delivered to you and how much time you have available to you. After birth, we have our early postpartum recovery course that is free to you as a gift. This is going to include breathing, mobility drills, and some super gentle core exercises. It's just kind of a a gentle introduction to movement after birth while you're kind of waiting for the all clear. After you've got your all clear, usually anywhere from four to 10 weeks, we have our structured postpartum return to fitness programs. So we have our general fitness programs. We also have an on-demand program. And then to support those of you that had a cesarean birth, we do have a C-section recovery program as well that you can bundle with scar mobilization because that is also an aspect of healing from a cesarean birth. 
Thanks for joining us today and listening to this episode. If you want more support throughout your pregnancy, join our prenatal fitness programs and childbirth education courses. If you need more support after birth, join our postpartum fitness programs and education courses. And if you're a professional, we offer birth worker and fitness trainer courses so you can learn from us and earn CEUs. So explore all of our courses on our website at mamastayfit.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow our podcast to be notified when we release new episodes, leave a review and share with your family and friends. We release new episodes every Wednesday and new birth stories every Friday. The Mama Stay Fit podcast birth story Friday episodes are sponsored by Balbay, a perinatal clothing company that supports your pregnancy, birth and beyond with their expertly curated support wear garments. Use code Mama Stay Fit for 15% off your order.